We've uh, begun this, this series um, off the shelf and um, kind of the whole idea of just bringing some uh, things that we value back off the shelf and in, into practice. And uh, it's really easy to kind of find some of those things around our houses. And, you know, if you run around the church a little bit, you can find these. Jeff, you show that next picture? There you go. Some trophies. Those are here in the building. Anybody ever seen them? I know Bill has. Jeremy has. When was the last time you saw them, though, Jeremy? Last time you won one. If you take a little tour behind the stage here, you'll probably find those. They're on the shelf. Um, this morning, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. Um, so if you want to find the Acts chapter 3 in your um, Bibles, or you can find it in the Pew Bible. There's a couple of different versions underneath of you. Or if you want to use the uh, Bible app, it's under the events. You can find it there. But to find it one of these, and uh, we'll be there, there in a few minutes. This morning we're going to talk about the, the value of giving and not just going to talk about it in terms of, of financial. So if you kind of going to turn me out because we talk about giving and it's not about financial, I, just, I want you to kind of tune in this morning if you would and just kind of follow with me. I want to begin by sharing a story with you um, about something that happens to me and my family. I've been a pastor for several years. This is not my first church and uh, I was a pastor at a church, in a small church and uh, my kids were quite a bit younger then, and uh, we were homeschooling with that at that point. And my wife, Kim, came down um, with mono. And if you've ever had mono, it just kind of saps all your energy. You can't seem to do anything. You get up off the couch, and you move to the to bed, and you go back and lay down and, and rest some more because you're just exhausted. Well, we have four kids, and, and they were being homeschooled, and I was working. And of course, there's all kinds of craziness that goes on with kids and all the things that are going on. And, and being that she was exhausted, I just couldn't do everything. Imagine that. And so the people of our church decided that they wanted to help us. And they wanted to bring in some meals. And that, that's great. I don't have to cook. That's cool. Um, but then they wanted to do some other things for us. They wanted to clean our house. And they wanted to do our laundry. And that was hard. That was hard for me. I, I, I appreciated that they cared for us and loved us, but it was hard for me to, to receive the gift of somebody washing my laundry or coming into my house and cleaning up after me and my kids. I mean, it was okay that she gave me meals and I washed the dishes and returned those. And that was, that, I could handle that, but to, to come into my house and, and to clean my house and to take my dirty laundry and wash it just seemed like it was too much. It was too hard to, to receive that, that gift. Well, that's kind of how the kingdom of God is. It's, it's upside down. You see, we really can't know how to give to somebody else until we learn how to receive. We're all very familiar with the, the passion scripture, John 3.16. Jeff, you put that slide out there for me. John 3.16, just the first part. There we go. For God so loved the world that he gave. We don't often think about that, but when we think about it, God so loved the world that his actions, his love, it became this thing that he gave. He gave. It wasn't, so God so loved the world that he's this almighty God that he wanted things from us. It was that God so loved the world that he gave. 
And that's very different from the world that we live in, right? The world we live in says, get all you can, take all you can, receive all you can, hold on to all you can. Make more if you can. But the kingdom of God is for God to love the world that he gave. And the thing that drives that giving is what? For God so loved. So before we can ever even get into the, the idea and the value of giving, we have to begin with what drives giving in the first place. It's love. For God so loved us, so loved us, that he gave. And not only did he give, but he gave his very, very best. He gave sacrificially. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. That no one would perish and that all might enter into relationship with him. That's what eternal life is. Relationship with God. He loved us so much that he gave. For many of us, though, that's a really hard thing. You're just like me. You struggle with receiving things, right? It's hard sometimes when people give us things because we want to be this independent person and, and I can handle it, I can do it myself, I'm okay. I really don't need your help. I got it. And I don't know how many times I've been sitting working on things for the 15th time going, I wish I'd asked for some help because then I could have done it one time and had all this extra time. I know none of you will admit that like I just did, but I'm sure we've also experienced that. If I had just asked for some help, this would have gone a lot easier. In order to really, really be good at, at, at giving, we have to learn to be good at receiving. And you might disagree with me. I, I can give. You know, that's pretty easy. I can give, right? But to truly be able to give, you've got to learn how to receive and understand that you can only give what you've received in the first place. Many of sometimes get caught up in this idea that, well, no, I, I went to work and I earned that. Where did you get the job in the first place? How did you get the physical ability to do it or the mental acuity to do it? Well, I, I went to school. I work out. I eat right. Everything that we have, everything we have received, And until we can grasp that little concept, we're going to have a hard time giving. Because we believe that, well, I'm giving it. No, we're stewarding. We're giving what God has given us to give to others. I've received everything. It's this battle that goes on inside of us. It's, how do we explain this? Other than to say that it's the battle between me wanting to be God, Right? I am the source of all of life that I have, all the resources that I have. I'm the source of that. Or God is the source of all those things. It's this battle that we continue to wage in our, in our lives. And, and sometimes we have one foot over here and sometimes we have one foot over here. And we want to be like this, but we get caught up in, well, I, I did that. I earned that. I, I... And it's this battle of being, who's God? Am I God? Am I the source of all the things I have? Or is God the one that is the source of all that I have? And if I can come to the place, and I can come to the place, I can understand that God is the one who's the source of everything that I have, that I've received everything from him. That's really his to begin with anyways. 
then it becomes really easy for me to give that away. Because it's not mine in the first place. It's his and he wants me to give this to somebody else. I've been reading this great book and I just finished this week. Um, and uh, I can't remember the guy's last name. His first name is Jeff. I should have written it down. Um, great book, great story. He's got a missional community, got this church out in the West Coast. But the statement is how, how he talks about God. And the statement that he, he was writing and talking about in the book talks about that God wants to do in us and through us for others. So if God's blessed me with a relationship with him, he wants me to bless others with that same relationship as I give it to them. The blessings that I have of a home and, and vehicles and food and, and comfort and, and family, he wants me to give those to other people as well. He wants to work through me. One of my favorite verses in Scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 3, and it talks about God can do more than we can ask or imagine as his power is at work in us, through us. God uses people. All those things done and said, now we can move on into the passage of Scripture and Acts we're actually supposed to talk about today. How do you like that? Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. This is what Luke records for us. My version is going to be a little bit different than your version, but that's okay. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple at the hour of prayer at three in the afternoon. And a man who was lame from birth was carried there and placed every day at the temple gate called Beautiful so he could beg from those entering the temple complex. When he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple complex, he asked for help. Peter, along with John, looked at him intently and said, Look at us. So he turned to them, expecting to get something from them. But Peter said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then taking him by the right hand, he raised him up, and at once his feet and ankles became strong. So he jumped up, stood, and started to walk, and he entered the temple complex with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Here we have this upside-down kingdom thing being lived out, right? Peter and John go into the temple like they did every day. Lame man laying there like he did every day. As we read the scripture here, we need to understand this lame man received lots of things. Okay? He was lame from the time that he was born, and so he had never really learned how to work unless he made things with his hands probably. But there he would sit at the temple gate and he would beg for money to be able to provide food and things for himself, maybe for his family. But as you read the scripture, when you dig in there, you look at that, he was carried there every day and carried home. So he received help from someone to carry them there and then to come back and carry him back home every day. I don't know about you, but I'd have a hard time with that. My pride would get in the way. No, you're not going to carry me there. No, no, don't pick me up. I'm too heavy. Don't do that. And so he received every day this help to get there. And then every day as he sat there, he received gifts, alms, a little bit of money. Maybe a little bit one day, maybe a lot another day. That he received every day. 
And then Peter and John come along one day. They're heading into the temple. And the man asks them for something, right? He asks. He's not afraid to ask. Some of us are afraid to ask for help. He's not afraid to ask. He asks for help. And, and Peter and John look at him. And so he expects kind of like maybe he held his hand out, you know, get ready to receive something. And Peter boldly says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have, I give to you. And he gives him the greatest gift. He receives his hand healing, and, and Peter takes him by the hand, and the man gives him his hand, and, and he lifts him up. And that's an amazing thing. Because as we look at this picture, we, we see what happens in this man's life. He goes into the temple with them, but he's jumping up and down, and he's running, and he's leaping, and he's like, so excited. But he's gone from receiving to doing what? Now he's doing something else. He's, he's giving. What's he doing? What's he giving? He's giving praise, right? He went from receiving to giving. We need to back up a little bit. Before this story ever happened, we, we see Peter, and he's, he's a disciple of Jesus, right? And he sits and, and follows with Jesus and goes places, and, and he receives teaching. And he receives grace as, as Jesus speaks into his life. And then we know that we come to the place that he comes and he's, Jesus is being tried and Peter's outside and he denied Jesus three times. And Jesus is crucified and he's raised again and, and he meets up with Peter and they're walking along the shore and Jesus offers Peter grace and forgiveness acceptance. And then on Pentecost Sunday, which we celebrated not that long ago, something else was received, right? The Holy Spirit. Peter received the Holy Spirit into his life and, and it changed the way that he went about things. Oh, he was bold and outspoken before, but now he just, he spoke clearly the truth of the gospel. And so Peter, knowing that he'd received all these things, began to give them away, right? Even on Pentecost Sunday, he began to share the truth of the gospel, the knowledge that he had of Jesus Christ with people, and people came to know Jesus on that day. They received Jesus as their Savior. And here we see Peter at the temple with John. He says, I don't have any silver or gold to give you, but what I do have to give you, I'm going to give you today. Received this gift, and Peter gave what he had received. We have to learn how to receive in order to know how to give. And you're sitting there this morning going, oh, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm a normal person. I, I, I'm not Peter. I can't, I can't do that. But everybody, everybody, every one of us has something to give because we've all received things, right? We have all received something. Maybe it's just that you've received this wonderful thing that God gave you. It's a call smile. It goes like this, yeah? You all have a smile, right? You can all give a smile. That doesn't cost anything. You can give a smile. You can give a hug. You can listen. We've all received things that we can give. 
each and every one of us. Big or small, greater, fantastic, plain and ordinary. We all have something that we can give. As I was working through this passage and just kind of letting it absorb into it, I, I found myself in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, and Jesus says in that passage that I have a new command I give to you, which we kind of look at it, I looked at it going, what do you mean it's a new command? Because Jesus tells them the new command is that you must love one another. You must love one another. And if by loving one another, everyone in the world will know, people will recognize that you're my disciples if you love one another. And how is love expressed? Well, I can say that I love you, but it's just words, right? But love is expressed by giving. That's the whole upside-down kingdom thing. That's what brings us back to John 3.16. That's what brings us here. I love one another. Oh, we can, we can give donations. We can give of our labor. We can do all those kind of things. But didn't Paul say if you don't have love, you're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal? It's empty and it's worthless. The upside-down kingdom, true giving, take it off the shelf, begins with love and love's shown by giving. We read all through scriptures. You can read the New Testament, how Jesus gave. You can say, well, obviously he gave his life, right? But he gave. He, he saw that the people, when he fed the 5,000, he had compassion on them. And it wasn't that he fed them. He began to teach them. And then he saw they were hungry and he fed them. He gave. He saw people that needed healed and he gave healing. He saw people needed acceptance and he accepted them. Whether they were a leper or when caught in adultery. And if we truly value being a part of the kingdom of God, if we're truly going to live that out, we're going to truly live out the value of, of giving, it begins with just following the example of who our creator is, who our savior is. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's pretty simple. I don't have to fancy it up with all kinds of high technical terms and all that kind of jazz. This morning, I, I, I want to give you the opportunity to just begin to think about Maybe you have some space in your cross point. Maybe you have some room on your connection card that you didn't put in the offering plate. I don't know. There's probably some extras in the seat in front of you. But I want you to begin to think about take an inventory. What is it that I have that I can give? What is it that I have that I can give? What have I been holding back? What is it that if we got together, we could give together? We sit in this beautiful building this morning. Why do we sit in this beautiful building? Because we pulled together and gave that we might have a building to sit in and meet in together and praise God together and learn and grow in his grace together. But because we came together to do it. 
what is it that I have to offer? What is it that I have to give? Who are those around me that I see that have needs? What do I have to offer? Let me pray for you this morning. And the band's going to come up and play a song, and, and then we'll close. Gracious Heavenly Father, I feel like the song this morning. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, it's okay. And all that truly means is that you want to speak to us this morning. We just need to be quiet and let you speak. We just need to open up our hearts and our minds and listen and let you point out the things that we have to offer, the things that we can give. And Lord, that you'd fill our hearts with love this morning for those who need to be loved, who need to experience the love of Jesus through us. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that you'd help us to do that. To see what it is that we've received from you, Heavenly Father. And then, Lord, to freely give it in your name. Amen.